we have, we're going to start off in Matthew chapter 20. This might be, depending on how the Spirit leads, we might look at a lot of verses tonight. When you discuss and study the church, you look at the two ordinances of the church that Christ gave us, and you learn so much. But we're in, we're in Matthew chapter 20. Look at verse 20. You'll know the story. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with their sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on thy left, in thy kingdom. Any mother would want that if they got any sense. That wasn't, I mean, you, you sure can't uh, falter for trying. My. But in verse 22, Jesus answered and said, You know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Oh, and what boldness they do. They, they answer by saying unto him, We are able. The inspiration for the song, Lord, we are able, said the Master. Then verse 23, And he saith unto them, You shall indeed drink of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. So notice there the last, the last statement, the last line. It is prepared of my Father. Just like the prepared homes in heaven for us, the mansions, there's also a place at the table prepared by the Father for everyone. And so... In reading this story, I saw something very interesting here that I think needs to be taught. The two ordinances of the church, okay? The two ordinances of the church, which are baptism. Uh, the Protestants and the Catholics would call it communion. We call it the Lord's Supper. We find some hidden truths here concerning this and uh, want to study it tonight. Uh, about our partaking of Christ. I'm going to say a lot of things. Hopefully you can get some of them. I say this, if you can get a little of it, you got more than a lot of folks. And you really, you just want to have an understanding of what we're doing and why. How does this correlate, relate to me? How does it relate to Jesus Christ? So modern Christianity, we've been taught that we are partaking of Jesus Christ. And when we do so, we are partaking of His life. Eternal life. We get God's very life in us. And, and it goes through us. We've been taught that you get His Spirit. All the comforts, all the guiding, all the leadership, the consolation of the Spirit, all the good things. We've been taught that we get His destiny, which is glory. The glories of heaven we'll get to share with Him. And we know these are all true, but they're just partially true. See, modern Christianity teaches these to be the truth. Basically, the full truth. 
So in speaking to James and John and answering the question, I can't tell you who's going to sit at my right hand or my left. It's given to them who's prepared to my father. If you want to be literal and think it probably, it's probably Moses and Elijah. The two witnesses are going to sit next to him at the table. Kind of indicates this in the book of Zechariah. But we know we'll all have our place there. So we find some hidden truths behind these ordinances. Ordinances. Jesus gave us some rules. They're not rights. They are pictures of real things. And you know what's interesting about this is what, what I'm trying to get to today is this. What we see and what we find is not necessarily how God sees it. And especially how Christ viewed it, and then how Christ lived it, the two ordinances of the church. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, 2, that they were, God commended the Corinthians. You're keeping the ordinances as they were given unto you. You're doing a great job. And then in chapter 11, he tells them how to do the Lord's Supper, which we did last Sunday. Baptism. Think about this. You have baptism and the Lord's Supper. Baptism is your entrance into the congregation. You can't be a member of a local New Testament church unless you've been water baptized, scripturally immersed uh, in water. That's the doorway into the church, baptism. Because with the baptism is a profession of faith in Christ. The Lord's Supper is once you're already in. Then you partake in remembrance. And I, I warn people, no, don't take it if you're not baptized, but people will still do it. They don't take it serious. If you're not scripturally baptized, you're not supposed to take the Lord's Supper. It's very important that we understand these things. Now, baptism, water baptism, identification. We are identifying with Christ. Did He not get baptized in water? He said, suffer it to be so. It might fulfill all righteousness. We follow Him in believer's baptism, right? We believe, we get baptized in water. Picturing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Picturing the death, burial, and resurrection of what happens to us as we enter into Him. That's baptism, okay? That's the first ordinance. The second is the Lord's Supper. That's taking of the bread and the juice. That is partaking of His very life and remembering that we did it. And remembering what it was like when it first happened. And always renewing the experience of salvation. The experience of being unified with Christ. Partaking of Him. Now, both of these are pictures of something that happened in the past. Not in the future, not in the present. They've already happened. We're going to relive them through a type or through a picture. That's why Jesus said in, in Matthew, this is where I'm going with it. Matthew 20, verse 23, says, saith unto them, You shall drink indeed of my cup. There it is. And you shall be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. He's telling them, you're going to do similar to what I did. Interesting though. They come opposite to the Christian that they came to Christ 
in reverse order. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll teach this here in a second. Jesus drank the cup of suffering before he was baptized. Not water baptized. See, the water baptism is a picture. His true baptism, we'll talk about it here in a minute. He first suffered to drink the cup, then he was baptized. We get baptized, then we eat and drink of the cup. It's the opposite. So, he went through drinking the cup first, partaking of baptism second, and we're going to study them both now. So let's look at Jesus' cup. You know, he said, turn over to John chapter 18. Like I said, we're going to look at some verses. That'll maybe keep you aware and awake. And you'll see what I'm talking about here. It's found all throughout the New Testament. And we'll be interchanging between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But it says here, the cup. Now, he would drink the cup. This is at the arrest in the garden. When Peter pulled out the sword and went to fighting, Jesus tells him in verse 11 of John 18, He says, Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into thy sheath. The cup which my Father hath given me, shall I not drink it? This cup... What is this cup? What is the cup? Well, let's turn to Matthew 26. Jesus is telling Peter, Hey, I asked you to pray with me, and you fell asleep. Like we would. I woke you up and asked you to pray with me again. And you fell asleep on me again. I woke you up the third time and said, Just sleep on. You're going to sleep anyway. Now, he said, if you'd have known, I'm praying because my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. So let's look here in Matthew 26, verse 39. So when Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane, He says He went a little farther and fell on His face and prayed, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Not as I will, but as Thou wilt. Now a cup's worth is, is made for drinking. And you drink the contents of the cup. So Jesus is so sorrowful here. He's shying away and He's saying, if it's possible at all, don't make me drink the cup. Please. If it's even possible, if there's any way. And we knew there was no way He had to drink it. So look at verse 42. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, he's going to change it now. And he said, oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. So Jesus is saying, I know the cup cannot pass away unless I just drink the contents. I came to do this. Now, what is the cup? It's not death. You think it is, but it's not, because we know he's about to die. It's suffering. The cup of suffering. In that cup, from handed to him from his father, was this contents of much suffering. Now listen, Jesus didn't run from death. He was born to die. He gave his life up. He did not get it taken from him. They couldn't have taken his life. You can't kill God. Anyway, it's not possible. It says he released his own spirit. Did you know nobody in the history of the world has released their own spirit except for the Lord Jesus Christ? 
He said, I lay down my life. You're not taking my life from me. I came. The old song, born to die on Calvary. I must be about my father's business. Knew it at 12 years old. He was born and his destiny was set. The cross. The whole reason he was alive was the cross. It says in Luke 9.31, his decease was an accomplishment. It was a great accomplishment to die the way he did. It says in Luke 9.51, listen to this. It says, when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. He didn't run the other way. He didn't shy the other way. He went. Why? Isaiah 50 verse 7 says he set his face as a flint. I'm not getting deterred. I'm not turning back. I came to die. Undeterred. Very determined. Jesus had to drink a cup before he died. His cup was suffering. Now, Turn to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Verse 31 says, He began to teach them. What's He going to teach him? That the Son of Man must suffer many things. You see that? And be rejected of the elders, priests, and scribes, and be killed and three days rise again. So he had to suffer many things. Look at chapter 9 and verse 12. And he answered and said unto them, Elias, or Elijah, verily cometh first, and restoreth all things. And how it is written of the Son of Man that he must suffer many things, and be it not, or said it not. So the suffering is the cup. The things that he suffered in his flesh was the cup that he drank. The things that he put up with from mankind, what they did to him. What he did and put up with from devils and unclean spirits. The rebellion against God's will and what he had to put up with. That what he had to suffer through because of sin. You think about it. He got ridiculed. We've all been ridiculed in some way in our life. He got ridiculed harshly. Mockery. Opposition. He was put in fights. He went through hostility. He was threatened multiple times to be killed. Threatened to be beaten multiple times. He was arrested. He was arrested illegally. He was chained up. He was betrayed. He went through everything. You know, Jesus drank the full cup of suffering. He was treated very treacherously by His own people, Israel. He came into His own and His own received Him not. This is the cup of suffering, the beatings that He took that night before He died. All the beatings, the cold. You know, I can see it plain as day. Everybody there had a coat on except Him. He was stripped down. It was a very cold night. They had to build a fire to warm themselves. The whippings that he took. 
The carrying of the cross. We know that he carried it partially, not all the way, but partially. The sufferings of the cross. The wounds of the cross. The attacks that he went through at the cross. The weight of the sin of the world on the cross. The suffering of his life. That is the cup in which he drank. Now, we read in Matthew 26, 39, he asked if there was any other way. There was no other way. Matthew 26, 42, he said, I must drink the cup. So he said, I will drink the cup. I must drink the cup. It said that it behooved Christ to suffer. It had to happen. Then what? Well, now he's going to go through his baptism. See, the water baptism is just a picture of the real thing. Now, let's talk about Jesus' baptism. Matthew 3.16 says his water baptism. He went down into the water and was baptized. And as he came up out of the water, straightway out of the water, it says, that the Spirit of God descended on him in full partaking. And so Jesus, his water baptism was a picture of, beforehand of the baptism that he was going to partake of at the end. Ours is after. See, everything's in, his is in reverse, ours is in reverse order to his. He suffered, he's baptized. We're going to get baptized, then we're going to suffer. All right, so let's think about this for a moment. We're going to learn. Jesus drank his cup, then he was baptized. I'll say it again. We get baptized, then drink the cup. So what is Jesus' baptism? Turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. We're talking about his baptism. And remember, he asked the disciples, the, the baptism that I'm baptized with, are you going to be able to do this? And they said, yes, we are able. Didn't they? And he said, you sure are going to be baptized just like me. And you're also going to drink the cup, just like me. So we're in Luke chapter 12, and then all the way over in verse 50. Look what he says here. But I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how am I straightened till it be accomplished? He could not... Wait's not the word in anticipation. I can't wait to do this. I just can't hardly stand it with the anticipation. No, he just wanted to finish the job. He wanted to fulfill the will of the Father. He came to die. His baptism is death. The suffering is all the sufferings of the flesh and the soul before death. started when he was a child. But it really magnified itself from the Garden of Gethsemane all the way up till the, the, when he gave himself up on the cross. Turn over to Romans 6. Romans chapter 6. Okay, let's, let's read something here. This is really good. And you know these verses, but let's read them. And consider it based on the study tonight. Look at verse 3 of Romans 6. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? There's a correlation to this death and baptism. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death, 
That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So death was his baptism. The experiences of death. Jesus died. He experienced the same thing that we will when we give up the ghost. He'll go into, and what did he do? Three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He went down into the heart of the earth. After he suffered. It's interesting because in 1 Peter 3.18 it says he was put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. There's your baptism. Buried, well first, death, burial, resurrection. That's the baptism. He arose on the third day in newness of life. He came back to life. After a death, after he suffered, after he drank the cup. And we're right there with him. Now Colossians 2.12 says he's buried, we are buried with him in baptism. See? Wherein ye also are risen with him through faith to the operation of God. So I know I'm, I'm saying a lot of things and looking at a lot of verses. Now we won't turn to this, but in Acts chapter 4 verse 2, it says that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. He did not, he did, it wasn't the resurrection of the dead. He rose from the dead. Big difference. Huge difference. The dead don't rise until the last day. The living never died. The only thing that died was his body. He gave up the ghost. His spirit left his body. Jesus never died. His body did. And then he went, his body went to sleep. They buried him in the tomb. His spirit and his soul went down into hell to accomplish redemption for us, to preach to the spirits which were in prison, and then he led captivity captive when he came up out of the grave and he rose from the dead. Leaving all the dead left behind. Now, the Bible says he'll never die again. He only died once. It was one baptism unto death. Now he ever liveth. So Christ suffered in the flesh for sin. That's the cup of suffering. He died on the cross and passed from death into life through baptism. He couldn't have done it. He had to go through the baptism of death, burial, and resurrection to enter into the life. Now, this is, this is uh, significant here. Baptism is death into life. You don't get true life until you die. So it's from death to life. The cup that you drink of suffering is suffering to joy. You can't have true joy unless you suffer. Now, we're going to learn that part next week, I think. But let's, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12. <coughs> now, Let's read it. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, 
despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now it says in, in, in Psalm 17, 11, in thy presence is fullness of joy. He's sitting in, in the presence of his father right now in full joy after he suffered greatly. You know what's interesting about this is what both of these are a passageway to glory. Both are found in type by the water baptism and the Lord's Supper. You know, think about this. Uh, Jesus had his life, but he had to go through death as a sacrifice for our sin and be buried in the ground and risen from the dead. He had to do that. Water baptism types that. For him, it was a prophecy that it was going to happen. For us, we're looking back when it happened the day we got saved. Does that make sense to you? I hope it does. Now, it says in the, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 16, the cup of blessing which we bless, it's the blood of Christ. It's the very blood that was shed through suffering, through much suffering. So let's look at two verses here. I hope you get what I'm teaching. It's very simple, but people don't see it. I don't think they see it exactly right. The cup is the suffering and the baptism is the death. Okay, so look at two verses and we'll be completed for the night. Turn to, oh, back over to Luke and we'll go to chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. This is after Jesus rose from the dead. And he's talking to the two men at the, at the road to Emmaus. Luke 24, 26, he says, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? You see, he, this is both of them right here. He's saying He had to suffer. Had to. Had to die so He could be risen from the dead and enter into His glory. So He got the cup and the baptism. Turn over to Mark chapter 8. Mark 8. And verse 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. That had to come first and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and then be killed and after three days shall rise again. So here's your cup of suffering mixed with his baptism of death and resurrection. To walk in newness of life. Both of these are past for him now. He'll never suffer again unless he suffers through you, which he will a little. He will. But so he'll never suffer again and he will never die again. You know, so now uh, we'll, we'll talk about us next week. Correlate it to you. And what I'm getting at is when you partake of the Lord's Supper, 
and you drink that cup like we did Sunday, you're not only just drinking all he did for you, you're drinking what the suffering you're about to do with him. Okay? It's identification. We're identifying with the one who suffered for us, and now he's going to suffer with us. So we can have joy. Does that make sense? I mean, and we're going to talk more about this next week. I don't have time. So this is Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. This is Jeff's, uh, J- Jeff, Jesus' cup of suffering and his baptism. All right, now you think about it for you. Here's a little thing to consider. What is the progression for you on baptism? When did you get baptized? And when did you suffer? Or when did you start suffering? Okay? That will be answered. You know it already, probably, but they will answer that one next week. All right.